From our local high schools to the pros, the Dallas Morning News has got North Texas sports covered, and it's more than just the scores. From all the off-season moves to in-season adjustments and maybe even postseason glory, the DMN has got the inside scoop on your favorite teams, players, and coaches. You can follow every goal, save, bucket, and touchdown as the Dallas Morning News delivers real local sports journalism from the press box and locker room straight to your inbox. As soon as the podcast is over, head to dallasnews.com sports to see what Brad Townsend, Callie Kaplan, and the rest of the DMN gang has for you there. Hello, welcome to Mavs Daily, where we're breaking down a question event, news, or trend having to do with the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Bobby Corello. The Mavs just beat the Clippers 105-100. to They have a 3-2 series lead, and we are making some history tonight because not only is it the second time ever that the road team has won the first five games of the series, not only are the Mavs still undefeated at the Staples Center, and not only am I doing a podcast at the office at 1.30 in the morning, but I'm being joined live on Twitch by Isaac Harris. This is our first ever live podcast in front of people. Isaac, oh my gosh, I'm honored to share this moment with you. How are you doing? I'm I'm so hyped right now. I think it's it's crazy when you think back to how a lot of people view this series and you go back before the series and you look at all the like the national predictions and everything. It's like, you know, Clippers, 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 Clippers. Nobody really gave the Mavericks a shot in that. And then, bam, they win the first two games. It's kind of like, all right, Mavericks have a shot. Let's do this. And then the Clippers win those two games in Dallas. And it felt like it feels like everyone was even more off the Mavs winning the series than even before the season, you know, the series even started. And for them to respond that way, and for Luca specifically to respond that way, and to go into LA against Kawhi and those guys after losing these last two games in Dallas, and to put up 19, go five of five from three in the first quarter, that was like, and for me, like that's a that's an all timer like career type of moment for Luca so far in this in this, in his short career so far. That's one of the best Luca moments for me. Yeah, I mean, they needed a good start, and really, you know, other guys delivered in the second half. So, full disclosure, I've been streaming now for like 50 minutes, so I talked about the game a lot. So, people in chat, you might have to hear me repeat myself a couple times, uh, but these takes won't share themselves. Um, Dallas needed a big response. A lot of the guys on the team started cold, you know. A lot of yeah. guys contributed late, as they did in the game's one and two wins, but you know, it was Luka early, and that's what you want from your great players, right? And And Dallas kind of did an interesting thing, I guess, where like Luca was doing everything on offense. And then on defense, they were Dallas's whole game plan was designed to ensure that Kawhi and Paul George did very little. And George hit a couple threes against the zone, but Dallas rolls out Boban on the starting lineup. They play a two, three zone for honestly most of the game. And that just kept the ball moving for the Clippers, which could be a bad thing. And it did lead to a lot of open threes. You got to live with those against the zone and some easy baskets, correctable mistakes, and things like that. But, I mean, like, it kept Kawhi from getting into a rhythm early. And yeah. so Luka was feeling great after 12 minutes. Kawhi was one for four after 12 minutes. And so it's kind of like, all right, well, advantage Mavs there because Kawhi has just been unstoppable for really this entire series. And so, um, you know, yeah, they, they needed Luka to, to, to carry the way early, and he did. I mean, he was just – he was incredible. Obviously, ended up 42 points, 14 assists, 8 rebounds. The second guy ever to do that in a playoff game. LeBron is the only other one. So, uh, as, as historic as this podcast episode is, Isaac, Luka's performance might have been a little better. Just a, just a tad bit better. 
when I think Luca has kind of overshadowed Kawhi's performance in this series too. Of Kawhi has been so good in this series. You look at his percentages and everything. Literally over, you know, before this game, it was like sixty-three percent from the field. Which I mean, well, he he was thirty-six percent tonight. But I mean, it's just been insane of what Kawhi has been doing, and it's we've just been kind of waiting. How you know, Clippers fans were asking after the first two games, like, all right, at some point, the Mavericks shooters they got to come back down to earth, and. I think in the back of our minds, like, man, at some point, can Kawhi come back down to earth a little bit? Like, can, is he going to average 34 a game, shoot over 60% from the field every single game? And then, bam, here's tonight. 36% from the field, one of seven from three. He had 20 points tonight. So a little bit more comeback to earth game for Kawhi. But I think Dallas deserves so much credit for that. You know, they pulled off the zone early. They doubled him a lot. I thought – Dorian had some possessions where he defended him well, and they just brought a lot of different looks at Kawhi tonight, and I thought it worked. Yeah, I mean, they have to change it up. You know, the Clippers have been changing up the way they're guarding Luka, and Dallas changed up the way that they were guarding Kawhi. You know, I'm probably one of the top five biggest Maxi Kleba fans on earth. The other four people are like his family members. Um, but Marcus Dallas, Morris? Is he one of them? Uh, he's number six. Okay. Um, so Maxi gets – you know, he, he gets relegated to a bench role in this game. He got demoted. Uh, yeah. Dallas starts Boban. Obviously, it's not going to be Maxi on Kawhi now. And, you know, for the first four games of the series, it was either Maxi going one-on-one with Kawhi in isolation where Kawhi is one of the best players of all time, or Dallas would be in kind of an unfavorable matchup, either on a cross match and transition or just whatever, a couple screens, they switch off. And so they're having to double Kawhi. When they double Kawhi, that's when the Clippers are bringing in Rondo or Terrence Mann or Reggie Jackson to set those screens. Kawhi's dropping it off to them, and suddenly you have a four-on-three, and you're getting an open corner three, and it's just disastrous. And so Dallas is like, we can't do that anymore. Got to change it up. They start Boban. They play a two-three zone. Suddenly Kawhi is less of a factor. And now is he going to do the same thing in game six? Probably not. He's probably going to score 58 points on like eight shots, and we're going to be like, how did this guy do this? But Kawhi finally had a game where he was a mortal. You know, yeah. he's been a freaking robot forever. And and if you're Dallas, you know, your whole thing was like, if he just isn't amazing, then the Mavs have a chance to win every single game against the Clippers. You know, but it yeah. just so happens that for the last two, Kawhi and Paul George have both been unconscious. Then all of a sudden, Reggie Jackson, Marcus Morris, Rondo, they're making plays too. But tonight, you know, they no one really had a rhythm. You know, Jackson hit some shots, Morris hit some shots. But otherwise, I mean, it was kind of – it was tough sledding for most of the Clippers all night. Yeah, I know. Reggie Jackson's like, how many threes are you going to hit tonight? You know, he, he he attempted 12 threes, 6 of 12 from three. Uh, but, you know, yeah, outside of him and Marcus Morris, the, I think they both uh, combined for 10 threes in this game. And But outside of that, it's like, man, they kind of – the other guys missed shots and – you know, they, they had some questionable decision-making there at the end. You know, I think the shot clock was off there at the end, and, you know, that's when they pushed, uh, you know, Terrence, Terrence Mann baseline, and that whole thing happened, Batum rebound, missing the shot and all of that. But I I know you've you've been on this chat or, you know, this, this stream here for a bit, and so you've probably already talked about some role players. But can we can we brag on Dwight Powell a little bit? Yes, okay. So about five minutes before you joined, I actually uh, – we were – I showed the Dwight Powell Euro step in transition. Oh. And I was like, I want to come back to Dwight whenever Isaac joins because I got a lot of stuff I want to say. But uh, I'll, I'll give you the floor first. 
I no, I just want to brag on him, man. His his rotation, his minutes, and everything's just been so weird in the series. He hasn't, you know, he hasn't played a ton of minutes tonight. He plays over twenty one minutes in this game. I thought his energy was amazing, and I I tweeted about it. And every, like he had one rebound that I thought it was just one of the best dang rebounds I've ever seen in a game. And I, I don't even know what quarter. I think it was in the second half, but he just. It was a rebound. He had no business going for it, no business getting the rebound. But man, it was it was awesome. And I thought his energy, as always, you can never, you know, you can never not count on his energy. He's always going to give uh, give the energy there. Bad grammar, but I I love what he brought to the team tonight. Uh, and Isaac, I believe that you were one of the foremost authorities on Dwight Powell after your uh, very lengthy article was recently published to Mavs.com about that very player. Yes, man. I, that was a fun story to, uh, to write and to talk to Dwight. I talked to him, uh, gosh, was a couple weeks ago or a month ago at, at, at this point, just talking about his just recovery back of an injury like that for a big like that, that's so athletic and for him to come back like he did. And so go to maps.com, read it. It was so, he was so vulnerable and uh, transparent in that of just all the emotions he had in that recovery a lot of quotes from Rick and Dorian and the guys, just how hard he works. And uh, you kind of get it. I, I've seen sometimes Mavericks fans will see a guy like Dwight and it's like, all right, we hear all the time. We hear all the players and people talk about it in the organization. You hear people like Bobby and people that who work for the Mavs all, you know, every day. Man, oh, we love Dwight Powell. Everybody talks about how much they love Dwight Powell. And my whole like purpose for this, like, hopefully you can read a story like that and be like, all right, I get a little glimpse. I get why everybody loves that guy. Uh, after reading his recovery and all of that, his road back. So, yeah. yeah. And I mean, here's like the calling him like the quintessential professional is like the corniest sort of non quantifiable thing that you can say about someone. And a lot of people who are a little more cynical would say, oh, he's a good professional. That must mean he's a bad player. Ha ha ha. But like, okay. So, in the first four games in this series, Powell played four and a half minutes a game. Uh, he scored seven points total in four games uh tonight he played sorry i got i got a bunch of monitors in my way he played 22 minutes he scored eight points had seven boards two assists and a steal and he was plus 10 i mean that's like the embodiment of stay ready you know dude barely played at all he couldn't even get off the bench he was starting for a team down the stretch they were playing well going into the playoffs and he basically gets benched almost picking up dnp cds for the first four games of this thing all of a sudden he's thrust into the rotation on like the most important moment of the series. And now like, I'll kind of be surprised if he doesn't start game six, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's it, what it's all state said in the, in the comments there, he said that offensive rebound uh, brought a second attempt and a make three by Hardaway. And that that's the play I'm talking about. That's the offensive board that he grabbed and it led to that three by Tim. And it's like, man, I freaking love seeing Dwight Powell on the floor. Yeah, and and I was kind of talking too before you got here about um, kind of just the dance that he and Luca do in the pick and roll. You know, for for most of this series, really until tonight, Dallas was playing. You know, Porzingis at center, well, Maxi nominally at center, uh, but Porzingis and Maxi. But really, neither of those guys was screening a lot for Luca. A lot of the pick and roll has been really like pick to create a switch, and there's no action going toward the basket. It's just set a screen for Luca to get a favorable matchup, and then go from there. But in this game, with Boban and then with Dwight especially, you have a big guy that's setting a screen, so you're definitely getting a good 
mismatch, or you're forcing the guy to go over so Luka can put him in jail, like we showed with the Terrence Mann play uh, in the fourth quarter. But whenever this stuff is happening, you're getting action going toward the basket. And in games three and four, especially, the Clippers were just basically able to wall off the paint. They were not letting Luka get anywhere near the rim. Same could be said for Jalen Brunson. But Dallas basically forced them to um, not necessarily like concede the paint, but whenever you bring a seven footer onto the floor that's going to be rumbling and stumbling, tumbling toward the basket, like you're generating momentum going that way. And Luka can sort of just like find the cracks in the defense. And he can do it with Bobon, which is very slow and methodical to get in the paint, or he can do it with Dwight, which is sometimes they can go slow, they can go fast, they can be quick, they can be aggressive. Um, they can do, you know, multiple screens in the same play, which is putting a lot of pressure on the defense. And so it's just, it gave them a different offensive look that they just have not had all series long. And Half of me wonders, well, why haven't they gone to this sooner? But the other part of me also kind of accepts, like, you know, Dallas had a game plan the first four games and it didn't work out. And so this was kind of like the next phase. And so the, yeah. they tried it and it worked. And so, again, now I think, like, I wonder if Dwight is the play for the rest of the series now because it made Luka's life easier. Dwight was able to get up, get some points. Uh, the shooting was not a good thing earlier in the game, but whenever you have this – pick and roll action going to the basket. It's like a vortex that sucks the defense in and then shooters are open. So like, I think that might be what Dallas does uh, for the rest of this thing. And it forced, you know, Ty Lue to put Zubats back into the game and stat muse. Great follow on Twitter uh, tweeted out uh, after the game said, there's been three games in which Zubats has played 18 minutes, at least 18 minutes a game in all three of those games were the games that Dallas has won this series. And yeah. when you do throw some bigs out there, like Boba on these guys, it's kind of forcing, you know, Lou to put Zubats in there. And it's this, it's the whole, like this whole coaching world of like, I'm going to play my move. It's a chess game. And yeah, it was, it's wild how it played out. Yeah. And you know, we're realistic here on Mavs daily, even though I'm wearing a Mavs t-shirt, holding onto a Mavs basketball in the Mavs office at one forty-one in the morning, um, but you know, first half of this season, really not very good for Dwight, you know, and he didn't yeah. play at all. Dude was basically an afterthought for most of the season. Um, but he kept getting a little better, a little better, a little better, a little more athletic, a little more explosive, a little more comfortable on the court. And by the end of the season, he's like an indispensable part of the rotation again, just as he was in previous years. And, uh, so it's just, it just really drives the point home. Everybody. Luca is the best player. After that, it's, you know, KP and Tim and Dorian and Maxi and a lot of these guys that play a lot of big minutes, but a basketball team is a team. There's 15 people plus the two two-way guys. You never know when your number is going to be called. You never know whenever you're going to matter. Remember last year, the Mavs plucked Trey Burke off the streets, and he ended up being a huge part of their team in the bubble and in the playoffs. This season, he's hardly played at all. Like, yeah. but it was the inverse. Last year, Dwight wasn't playing. Last year, Dwight was hurt, but now he's playing. You know, like Willie's been in and out. Jalen Brunson has been in and out. Josh Richardson played six minutes tonight, but hit the two biggest free throws like of the season. Free throws, though, let's you know? go. And so it's just like you can't, you know, you you can't take your minutes for granted because like Rick will make a rotation change or a lineup change, whether it's your fault or the other guys playing better than you or whatever. But you also have to stay ready because your number is going to be called at some point. It just is. You will be needed and necessary at some point, and you have to be ready for that. And so I just hope everybody appreciates the successes of those guys just as much as they do with the success that Luca has basically on a nightly basis. Because, again, like without Luca, they're not in the playoffs. 
but without Dwight Powell, they probably don't win this game. You know what yeah. I mean? And those, the, all of these things are always true. And so it's just like, you know, these are like little shining pearl moments. We just have to just, you know, hug them tight, hug them tight. Yeah. And you got, you have to really look for those pearls, especially in a game like, like this, because, you know, going into, you know, I guess I was say that going into the fourth, you know, Luca had 40, you know, he only had two points in the fourth quarter tonight and going into the fourth, he had 40. The next leading score on the team was Tim with 13. And he was the only guy, which he still is after the game, the only guy who had, you know, double figure scoring outside of, outside of Luca. The and only then, guy in the whole game, <laughs> which is crazy. Dude. And then you see that you see the stat that was being thrown after around after the game saying, you know, Luca scored or assisted on, was it 31 of the 38 made baskets for, you know, for Dallas tonight. So in your mind, you see that and it's like, all right, this is the prototypical one guy beat a team. And in a way it's like, man, Luca really, you know, did beat the Clippers tonight. But you look for those pearls too. You look at what what Dwight brought. You look at Dorian and the defense that he brought tonight and those five steals they had. You look at the clutch shot from KP. You look at the clutch shot from Tim Hardaway Jr. It's like so much. I mean, if you're on social media during Mavs games, which is an experience in itself, is seeing the you know interaction of fans of, man, Luca needs help. He needs help. He needs help. And how ironic is it at the end of the game, the two biggest shots of the game, and even let's just count free throws in that too. Came from Tim Hardaway Jr., a three at the top. Kristaps Porzingis, a three in the corner. Josh Richardson, two clutch free throws at the end. In addition to Tim Hardaway's, you know, clutch free throws too. It's like the supporting cast at the very end came in. And was like, hey, we're gonna help win this game when Luca's been driving the ship the whole time. Yeah, and now I want to shift gears a little bit to uh, to defense. Hasn't been much of a good talking point for either team in this series so far, but. Um, the Clippers in this game, they score 100 points. They weren't terribly inefficient or anything. It was just a very slow-paced game. But Dallas came up with a bunch of stops consecutively in the third quarter. They end the third quarter on a 22-3 run. Dorian Finney-Smith, as we talked about before, five steals. That's a career high for playoffs and regular season. He's the first Mav since who, Isaac, to have five steals in a playoff game? Uh, Jason Kidd. You clearly weren't watching the stream about half an hour ago when I said it was Al Farouk Aminu. He did uh, it one time Shane against Houston. Yeah, well, that's close. That's close. Uh, Shane had 4.9, just didn't quite get there to 5. Uh, previous one before Farouk was uh, was J-Kid. But anyway, five steals for Dorian Finney-Smith. Just pick Kawhi's pocket clean a couple times. Yeah. Uh, Dallas, I thought... Overall, you know, Luka got one, Tim got one, Dwight got a big one in the fourth quarter. Like, they just got their hands in passing lanes. They were just long. Uh, played a lot kind of like the Bucks defense today, where it's like you're going to have your really tall guy in the back, KP or Willie mm-hmm. Colley-Stein or Boban, and then you're just going to have guys swarming. Just be long, wave your arms, do the little balloon guy thing at car dealerships, and uh, just see what you can do. And and it worked. It worked. Uh Finally created a Twitch account so I could join. Steph, welcome. Welcome. Wait, is that um, the Steph? That like, is the, the super that's, talented Steph? That's the Steph. Oh, my gosh. Steph, I've never even met you in person, and you're literally one of the most talented people who work for the Mavericks. So shout out to Steph. I mean, Great. I know a lot of my coworkers. That's that's faint praise. It's not saying much, but <laughs> Steph is one of the most talented people alive. How about literally, that? Literally the Luca graphic of like his handstand. I have that saved on my phone for like a wallpaper and I just think it's great. 
Uh, yeah, so Dallas comes with big plays on defense, big run to end the third quarter. Um, Luca, 14 assists, dude, 42 points, 37 field goal attempts. I mean, the guy was just unbelievable. I'm sure you talked about him on Locked On Mavs already. I've talked about him a little bit on the stream too, but I mean, what can you say about what we just witnessed tonight from one of the best players alive? <laughs> well, you know, it, it's a crazy night when, I mean, you see, I, I try to be on Twitter a little bit during the game just to interact and have fun with it. And the dialogue of is Luca like making himself like the best player in the game right now? Is he in that conversation? And, you know, this is what 11 playoff games for Luca, four of those he's put up over, you know, 40 points in those, which is, I mean, what, what percentage is that 30 something percent of his playoff games? He's scoring over 40 points. Not bad. And, and you know, they've all been against uh, Kawhi Leonard, all of his playoff games. So, uh, and Paul George, which is just, you know, Dude. crazy to think about uh, what, what will Lucas playoff numbers look like against uh non great, you know, wing defenders, but no, it's just, he, he just added another chapter to his, you know, storied career so far in three years of, putting the team and saying, Hey, I'm going to, uh, yeah. And of course the, the comment there, of course, after the game, he's like, man, I, I could play better. And just the whole injury stuff, you know, going into this game, you're like, man, what is he percentage wise? Like we all want to do see 60%, 80%, whatever. You're never going to hear Luca talk about any of that. He's just going to go out there and play basketball. I, I think one of my favorite moments of the game is seeing him laugh and have fun in that, that third quarter run, it was towards the end of the third. They'd went up by, I don't know, 10, 12, 15, somewhere through there. And he was just going down the floor, just laughing and smiling. It's like, that's what that that's the thing we love about Luka Doncic. And that's when you talk to any of his teammates all the time, it's like, man, he just has fun with it. And like, let's go. And this is, this was a, one of his top games for me. Yeah. Here's Luka having fun. There's a picture. This is from, uh, this is from Cali P MFFL. <laughs> uh at king paper 559 on twitter luca is uh, uh rondo's about to make an inbounds pass and luca's just like looking very 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 goofy uh spread legs one in the air spread arms just looking right into rondo's soul with just this kind of murderous smile on his face uh, yeah. i don't really know how else to describe it but, but yeah that's uh that's a good photo yeah luca was smiling tonight and frankly in those two home games wasn't smiling very often um, and that's usually a telltale sign of how he's feeling like physically, spiritually and all that stuff. And, and there were some times tonight where he looked a little uncomfortable, uh, but for the most part, he looked fine. You know, I think two days off in between the games helped him a lot yeah. um, and helped Tim, too, because Tim had that really nasty fall in game four as well. But uh, with only one ga- uh, one day off, there's only one day off, right? Because game yeah. six is on Friday. Yeah, there's only one day off in between the next one. So that's going to be really important, too, because they got to wake up in the morning and, yeah, and fly home and all that stuff. No, not much practice, which could play to their advantage because it feels like the Clippers have a lot to figure out. And that kind of leads to sort of the last part of the uh, of the pod. And then we're going to talk about more highlights on the other side of Mavs Daily here on uh, twitch.tv slash Dallas Mavericks. But uh, what do you do if you're the Clippers going into game six? I mean, like the Mavs, you know, at times, it felt like the Mavs were dominating. At other times, it was like, are the Mavs tanking? And then at other times, it was like, man, the Mavs are just missing some shots in the fourth quarter. We're able to make it a game. But, like, what do you do if you're L.A.? Do you feel good about this game? 
do you, do you have to go back to the drawing board? Do you consider playing Zubats more or less? I mean, like, wh- how do you how do you combat the pick and roll with Luca and Dwight, Luca and Boban? Well, first off, I'm horrible at making predictions in this because before this game, I thought for sure Dallas would go small, and even going even going back to Game Four in Dallas, I was like, all right, Dallas is going to go small. They're going to you know switch. They're just going to try to you know put a bunch of athletic guys on the floor and say hey we're just going to try to rotate well and all that and rick just laughs in my face and throws boban out there boban and kp you know the two tallest guys on the floor but now you know i think we saw it a little bit tonight when they brought the the trap up on luca and you know their whole mindset and the clippers in this is hey kind of let luca get his points but they don't want the other guys to get involved and they don't want they want to kind of take away the assist from Luca, which he had 14 of tonight. And is that the most he's had this series? Is that right? Um, in, a, in a game? That's probably the most he's had in a playoff game period, right? I think. Possibly. Okay, uh, real the real question is, is that the most ever by a Mav in a playoff game? Ooh. Surely not. I'm, I'm I'm gonna do some research real quick. <laughs> um but so for me, it's like, I, I wonder if the Clippers, how, I, I mean, this will, will look kind of desperate considering you have a guy like Kawhi and Paul George and these guys, but will they ever get to the, like the Steph Curry treatment? Will they ever do what like Memphis and these, you know, even the Lakers were doing against Steph in those playing games of saying, as soon as you come across, across half court, we're going to just send a, a trap and say, all right, we're going to double you. And they did it a little bit tonight a few times in the second half and saying, we're just going to double you and say, we'll just dare the other guys and they'll take their chances with Dorian. And, but that's when you have Dwight Powell on the floor. That's what the Lakers tried to do early in the regular season to where they try to get out of Luca's hands. And when you have a roller like Dwight and you have a, a surgeon out there and Luca, Luca jumps up and it's like, all right, he's going to hit the open corner guy or he's going to hit Dwight Powell perfect in the paint. And that that's the decision you have to make if you're Ty Lue. And, I, for me, I feel like that's the that's the thing, right? Like you just say, "All right, just try to take it out of Lucas' hands and dare the other guys to beat you." Dude, I don't know if you can do that. I, I don't I know. know if you can I, because they they doubled him all game one and game two, and Dallas just cooked them. You know, I mean, yeah. I I don't know if you can go back to that. Now you might be able to go back to that considering you have a small lineup, whereas in game one and two you were still playing big for yeah. a lot of the game. But I don't know. That's risky because, I mean. Part of the reason that they won game three and game four is because they stopped leaving guys open. You know, mm-hmm. like they made Luca do it by himself. If you leave these guys open, I mean, they're good enough to where they're going to score. You know, they're going to hit shots. So yeah. I don't know. It's tricky. We'll see. I mean, it's also played in Dallas. Road team hasn't won a game yet. I mean, I, I don't know if I've ever really seen a series like this, period. Well, home team hasn't won a game yet. Yeah, home team hasn't won a game. Yeah, I mean, just the whole thing, like home teams can't win. Road teams can't lose. Road teams come out hotter. They have more confidence. Um, like, I think the Clippers are the better team, but Dallas has is leading three to two. Yeah. Uh, a Dallas whole documentary has, can be made about this series. Like, this dude, is, it's such a weird series. They have the Mavs have figured out so many different answers. The Clippers like haven't really figured out all that. They haven't even had to figure out all that much, and yet they find themselves down three two. Facing yeah. elimination, I like with all the pressure in the world on them, and like I don't know, you can no, even no, feel no. it. Like they don't have pressure, Bobby. That's true. They don't. They don't. They let it. Just they're just they're just hanging out, having fun with their friends. But 
like you could feel it among Mavs fans. It's like the Mavs blow this 2-0 lead. Now it's tied 2-2. Mavs fans are all resigned to their fate. Like even me, I was like, man, this is this is like the Clippers yeah. are gonna the Clippers are gonna win. You know, I mean they're the better team. They they figured it out. Like, you know, it just felt like even though it was 2-2, it felt like you're down 3-0 going into yeah. this game. And now, I mean, like all the pressure is just it's right back in their face again. You know, yeah. but even more, it's even more intense because, like, the only thing worse than being down 2 0 is being down 3 2. Like, <laughs> yeah. you don't have any more chances for mess ups now. Like, if you lose, it's over. So, this is just such a weird series, such a weird series. And to answer the question about the assist, it ties for the third most assist in a playoff mm-hmm. game by any map. Jason Kidd did it, 14, uh, did, had 14 assists one time. Steve Nash had 14 assists twice and 15 assists once. And then uh, the great Derek Harper had 16 assists. And how about this? Seven steals in a game against the Lakers in 1986. So wow. that's that's your assist playoff record. Let's go, Harp. Yeah. Um, okay, there's a lot of chatter in the chat uh, about KP. Yeah, let's talk about him. Yeah, I mean, what what do you what do you want to what do you want to talk about? I mean, like, <laughs> well, it's I just, weird. As weird, like part of the reason this series is so weird is because it's weird what's happening with KP. Like it's just yeah. weird, you know. Yeah, and you know, Rick. There was one player Rick praised after the game in his opening statement of you know post game. Uh, you know, he talked about the game. You know, all the, you know, the generic stuff that head coaches say after the game. Great win, but he he made a point to praise KP and saying I thought his patience was great tonight. He was adjusting our offensive attack kind of had to he had to adjust you know kp they were putting him in the corner a lot and stretching the floor kp acknowledged that after the game too he said hey i'm going to do what and he said this multiple times after the game tonight he said i'm going to do whatever is best for the team and he even he took a question from rachel nichols tonight of like how he's learned about himself in this series and he's like maturity he said me i I feel like i'm maturing as a player i've matured in my two years here in dallas uh, and so he he knows that his role has changed a little bit. They're not forcing it to him like they did a few games ago. They didn't try to force any KP post-ups and all of that. He had a very defined role tonight. And But you know that has to be difficult for him. This guy's been an all-star. This guy's went through all the injury stuff and all this coming back and everything. And for him to play almost a role-player type of role in the offense, but for him to go through that whole game, and you know it's getting to him as a competitor, and still drain that shot at the end. It was such a huge three. I was happy for him that it went in. I was like, God, please, when it was in the air, I'm like, don't let this, he miss that because, yeah, I know a lot of fans are, you know, he's in the crosshairs right now for a lot of a lot of fans, but I was so happy he made that three. He went running back. I'm like, let's go. Like, that's, for him to be ready for that moment, I, I think he deserves some praise for that. Yeah, and, like, his role – People would love a max player's role to not change depending on who you're playing against, you know, obviously. But the man himself is a very unique player, and also the Clippers are a very unique matchup, you know. And so it's like in this series, if you're going to force the ball to him, and I don't mean that even negatively. Like the Mavs force the ball to Luka all the time. Like dude has the highest usage rate of all time. Like if you're going to give KP the ball a lot in this series whenever it gets a bunch of guards – Either he's being defended by a guy who's 6'2", or he's being defended by Kawhi Leonard. Like, you're not going to give him the ball on the perimeter. You're going to give it to him in the post, unless he's open from three. Now, if you make it past the Clippers 
and you face the Jazz in the next round, Utah just beat Memphis tonight. They're in the semifinals now. If you play the Jazz in the next round, their center is Rudy Gobert. So if yeah. you go back to KP at the five, you're pulling Gobert from the paint. Either that or you're being defended by a guy who's really small and is not Kawhi Leonard. And then KP can do a whole lot more. And so, like, he's a max player. He makes a lot of money. I know, like, the fans pay his salary. So, it like, people feel like the max player needs and, – and that's a totally – that's all – that's normal. If you make yeah. a lot of money, you're expected to produce a lot. Like, that is what it For is. Sure. Um, but in this specific matchup, it's just this weird thing where, like, other things are working for Dallas. Like, yeah, Luca Iso is working. Luca high pick and roll with Dwight Powell is working. High pick and roll with Boban is working. Like all the stuff in the post, even when Luca's posting up, it's not really working so far. And so it's like you don't have the if you're the Mavs, you don't have the time to try and find something, you know, or try and try and force the square peg into the round hole. Like you got to do what works. Because if you lose one more time, you lose two more times, your season's over. So yeah. it's it's kind of like we'll worry about all the other stuff if we advance, you know, or like if we lose the series, we'll worry about it in the offseason. But like for now, all that matters is beating the Clippers. And to beat the Clippers, you're doing things that don't directly involve KP on a possession to possession basis. But tonight, defensively, I thought they did a much better job of kind of like in the second half. I mean, they did a much better job of sort of uh, like this is a weird phrase, but like highlighting his abilities, I guess like they, they helped him help the defenders. Uh, they started going over Kawhi screen, sort of funneling him in the way the Mavs used to do with like Tyson Chandler and those guys, but like old school, old style defense. And that meant KP was able to just be a little more active as a rim protector, as a shot kind of intimidator guy. And the Clippers had, I think their worst points in the paint game of the series. I don't have that readily available to me right now but um i mean he deterred them from from going to the rim we watched a Kawhi play earlier where Kawhi ended up throwing a pass like almost in the backcourt because kp freaked them out you know so if the mavs can get kp uh kind of in that role on defense and keep him that way then the offense will take care of itself because you'll be going in transition you're gonna have guys trailing for three and all that stuff but like it's just i don't know it's this weird thing where I, everybody wants kp to average 25 and 10 but whenever you ask, like, okay, but what does that look like in this specific series against this specific team, whenever he's being guarded by Kawhi Leonard most of the possessions, yeah. like, there's no answer to that. And so, unfortunately, the reality is, like, they're going other directions most of the time, uh, and the other stuff is working most of the time. And so, and you I mean, it, it is what it is. point about, like, every series is different, right? You know, if if they do win and they advance, like he could have a completely different role against Utah in a series like that. Like it, it's just crazy. I mean, you look at Jalen Brunson tonight. He played ten minutes in this game. You know, didn't play a ton. Didn't have a huge impact in this game. You know, he could play next series and play average twenty, you know, something minutes a night. It's like that's the type of stuff. Like everything changes so much series by series. And right now, with this team like the Clippers, who have a bunch of these guys and Batum and Morris and Kawhi and Paul George, they have so many of these wings there in that six six that six nine range that they're choosing to go small. They want to try to defend Luca and stuff that way and be able to switch and all that. And it's just it's kind of forced you into a KP role like that. And so it's just it is what it is. And if they're winning basketball games, that's the, that's the number one thing. If they don't win the series, 
then the KP conversation gets bigger. And wouldn't that just be awesome for everybody involved all the time? Uh, all right, good stuff, Isaac. We're going to keep streaming Twitch people, so don't go anywhere. I'm going to wrap up the podcast part. I'm going to clip this, upload it tomorrow, so it'll be a podcast uh, if you're late joining us or whatever. Um, good stuff as Isaac always. Good stuff. Good stuff as always, Isaac. I appreciate you, man. Uh, you can follow Isaac on Twitter at Isaac L. Harris. You can listen to him most days of the week on Locked On Mavericks. Anywhere you get your podcast, you can see him on Twitch after some Mavs wins. And uh, as a matter of fact, if you're on Twitch, you're seeing him right now uh, and you're hearing him. It's pretty special stuff. Uh, thank you, Isaac, for joining me on the first ever simulcast pod stream edition of Mavs Daily. And uh, hopefully we talk again on Friday because that might mean the Mavs win and advance to the next round. Until then, he's Isaac. I'm Bobby. This is Mavs Daily. And we'll see you next time.